Uh, at my school, I've been starting to do a new greeting that says, instead of good morning, church, I say, great morning, church. Because it is a great morning. It is a great morning. And it's great to be with you here today. For me, it's been about six weeks since I've been to church. Pretty bad for a pastor to be six weeks without going to church, but I've had work and other responsibilities with my uh, football team to deal with. So, we're here this morning, and we're here talking about a called life. And I'm not talking just about myself, Tim, and Claudia. I'm not talking about the clergy here. I'm talking about everyone. We're talking about everyone, for everyone is called to come and serve and come and follow the risen and resurrected Lord through his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Whenever I talk about call, I always go to Isaiah 6. It's this great passage in the scripture where Isaiah is taken up into God's realm. And then God asks the question, whom shall I send? Now, this is a sort of general call. It's not asking, Mark, you go. No, whom shall I send? And Isaiah the prophet says, here I am, send me. Here I am. Warts and all. Now, going on 20 years ago, when I heard my call to go into ministry, I heard him, God speak to me in a dream for over two weeks. And each night, I had the same dream. And eventually, through a lot of prayer, I was willing to say, God, here I am. I'll go. You see, in sports, and anyone here likes sports, in sports, I often like to talk about, they talk about availability and ability. And it's really great to have great ability. It is. To run fast, to be able to catch, to be able to hit someone really hard. It's really great to have ability. I talk about football, so sorry, basketball players. It's really great to be able to dunk or kick a great corner kick if you're a soccer player or hit someone on the head if you're a kendo player. But it's really great to be able to do those things. But the number one great skill people have is availability. Coach, I can't play today. Uh, I don't feel good. And too many of us spiritually are, have so much ability, but no availability. And God is saying here, whom shall I send? And Isaiah is going, I'm available. I'm available to you, Lord. I'm available to my church family. I'm available to seekers. I'm available, Lord. Send me. And God here is asking all of us to be sent. I'm not sure where God is sending you. That's between you and the Lord. But God here is sending all of us. Will we go?
I should probably stop here, right, Tim? Will we go? Sadly, sometimes it brings tears to my eyes, actually. I'll get a little choked up here. But sadly, sometimes I've said no to God. I've said, no, I'm too busy. No, God, yeah, I don't have the skill set to deal with that. No, God, I don't want to. Will we go? It's a sad thing here. It's a sad thing where sometimes we don't want to go. And we say to God, send him. Send her. Don't look at me. You see, there's two types of calls in the Bible. There's two types of calls. There's a general call that Isaiah had where he said, everyone, whom shall I send? And everyone in the church's hands should go up and say, send me, Lord. And there's a second kind of call, and if you want to look at it in Jonah, I'm not going to get into Jonah today, but if you want to look at it where it's a specific call, where God is saying, Mark, I want you to go to that person. And there's two calls, and it's not just a one-time call, it's a continual renewing of a call life. It's a called life. That's my sermon title today. I never really think about sermon titles, but it's a called life. It's a life of saying, here I am, send me. We get into this thing of where sometimes we say, God, I can't speak Japanese really well. How can I minister to that person? Or God, I, I don't have the gift of speaking very well. And I gave God a thousand excuses of why I shouldn't go to seminary. I've given God another thousand excuses sometimes when I've been called to do ministry to other people. And yet God still is calling. God is still calling. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Goliath. I could always imagine a 10-foot guy. I'm pretty big. I want to get smaller, but I'm pretty big. But can you imagine a 10-foot guy walking across in full armor and shouting at the Israelite armor, come and fight me. And there was 10,000 Israelite soldiers that were more qualified than David. All these men in the army encamped in front of him that heard Goliath and only one, a small child, said, here I am, I'll go. Not because I have the ability, but because I have the availability. Say it with me. Availability. To be willing to go, will you? Will you? In the story that we had read today, and thank you for reading that story, it's a little longer than normal scripture passages in church sometimes, but we read the story of Samuel. And Samuel is sort of one of my junk food Bible passages. Do you have any junk food Bible passages? You know what I'm talking about? You know at nighttime I like to have junk food sometimes. I like to have potato chips. Barbecue is best. Or sometimes if I don't have potato chips, I like to have Haagen-Dazs ice cream with a little banana and a little chocolate on it. It's 
pretty good. Junk food. Well, I love junk food. And there's some passages, biblically speaking, that we are junk food passages where we go to just because they just taste so good. And this is one of the stories that I've gone back to probably a thousand times in my life to think about this child, Samuel, being available. See, the story starts before this passage in Samuel 3. It starts with Hannah, his mother who is barren before the barren and could not bear a child and she desperately wanted to have a child it's all she wanted in her life was to have a child and she went to Shalom uh, the, the to the the place of worship and she went before the Lord and she got down on her knees and she beat her chest and it sounds Sort of ignis, pastors don't do this, and march, don't do this. But she did it. She wept and she cried and she beat her chest and she said, God, give me a child. I want a child so badly. And the people around her said, This is really bizarro. Stop. The pastor actually said, Are you drunk? Get out of here. But she said to the, past, uh, to the priest, I want a child, and I'm not drunk. I'm just ripping my heart out before the Lord and saying, this is what I want. And if I, Lord in his righteousness gives me this gift, I will pledge this child to God for the rest of his life. That's Samuel's, Samuel's start. Started in worship. A few months ago, a church um, asked me, how do we grow numerically? There were a church about 60 people, and they wanted to grow to maybe 100 people, and that was their dream. And it's a dream that a lot of churches have, right? And yeah, we like to have more people. We think we have something good to offer. If we had something bad to offer, we wouldn't want people to come to it. But if we have something really great to offer, we want more people to participate in this goodness, right? And I said, Every good church movement started spiritually. It doesn't start with a program. It starts with sharing our heart here and opening up our heart before the Lord and saying, God, grow me first, and then God brings the increase. That's the message. Too many of us want to put the cart before the horse. And it doesn't work very well. Samuel was started in worship, and he continued in worship. And when he was of age, and we don't know if that's three or four or five or six, we don't know how old it was, his mother brought him to the temple, to the place of worship where the Ark of the Covenant was, to Eli to give him into the ministry of the Lord. And that's his start. And he's ministering before the Ark of the Covenant. Amazing. I wish I could see the Ark of the Covenant. And we have this verse in verse 2, if you want to look at verse 2. And in your Bible or in your print, it said, Samuel ministered before the Lord. Right? Samuel 
ministered before the Lord. And here, this passage, a lot of us do ministry. A lot of us do ministry. I'm doing ministry right now, I think. I hope I am. And, but am I doing it before the Lord? Only God knows my heart. Am I doing this for selfish reasons so everyone can say, look at me, look at me, hey, Or am I doing this because the Lord actually wants me to do this this morning? Only you know, are you greeting as ministry before the Lord, ministering to people as they come in, that greeting each person is like a little Christ as you greet them. Are you in the parking lot helping people? Are you on the church council helping as you're ministering or are you ministering before the Lord? It's two different things. Too many of us are just doing ministry. And that doesn't help you, and it doesn't help people at all. God wants us to minister before the Lord with a right heart. And this child Samuel had this heart for God, that he was doing the minimal things, the cleaning up around the temple, uh, cleaning, doing the wiping and polishing, I guess that's what they call it, and doing all of these things as if he was doing it not for Eli, not for himself, but for God. We need to have the same attitude. As the story continues, or actually regresses here in verse 1, it says, the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. Now, that's a sad verse right there in the Bible. The word of the Lord was rare. God didn't think that the people would listen, and so God was quiet. I tell a story about when I was ministering in Toledo, Ohio, and it's from close to there, and ministering in Toledo, Ohio. I'm a pastor of a church, and I often hear God when I'm praying, and for a whole year, I didn't hear a thing. Can you imagine praying as a minister that's supposed to preach every Sunday and not hearing a thing? I talked to my mentor. I prayed harder. I fasted longer. I did all these things. And my, my minister mentor said, Mark, keep doing what you're doing. God will speak. Lord, His word is precious and it's rare. And so when the Lord speaks, we need to listen. Are we listening? Are we listening? So on the night that God spoke to Samuel, all were asleep. And we know that Samuel was between the ages of probably 6 and 11. We know he's not 12 yet because then he would be a man. And Isaac... Samuel was before the Ark of the Covenant and he was sleeping and we know that the lights had not yet gone out in the, in the temple because they kept the lamps going until about 4.30 when the sun would rise. And Samuel was asleep there and he heard his name, Samuel, Samuel. Thinking it's his master who might need him in his old age because 
Eli was quite old at this time. He runs obediently to his master and he says, yes, master, what do you want? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Again, God calls Samuel, Samuel. And if you're not missing the point here, God knows our name. Jesus said in the Gospels, I call my sheep by... One more time. I call my sheep by name. Because he knows them. He knows me. The psalmist says he even knows the amount of hair I have on my head. And actually, I got quite a lot. If he knows how many hairs are on my head, he actually knows my name. And he calls Samuel and he says, Samuel, Samuel. And again he goes a third time. And finally Eli gets it. I'm not calling. The word of the Lord is rare. My own children have made a muck of the ministry of the Lord and use their own power as priests to enrich themselves and abuse the people. And here, the Lord is not speaking to me, the head priest. He's not speaking to my boys who abuse the ministry. He's speaking to this little child. And here, Samuel says something, or Eli says something really profound. And it's something I say at a lot of prayer meetings. It says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Please repeat after me, please. I'm a junior high school teacher. I do a lot of repetition. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. About seven months ago, I went to a prayer meeting. And... Sometimes I go to prayer meetings with a lot of trepidation, like, I don't want to go. Because sometimes some people talk too much. Amen? 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 Sometimes some people talk too much. And this one person used about of this hour prayer meeting, they spoke for about 40 minutes. And I'm like, oh, all I did is come here to hear the word of the Lord, and all I'm hearing is this babbling person here just babbling away, blah, 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 and I'm like so tired of this voice, and I'm so tired of this prayer meeting, and I says, no, and I stopped the prayer meeting, I said, we need to be silent, and the person who was talking the whole time says, yes, and I said, and then they said, let's be quiet before the Lord, and let the Lord speak to us, because a lot of people pray. But not a lot of people listen. And it lasted about 30 seconds, and then the person started praying again because the Lord had spoken to them again, and they spoke for another 10 minutes, and then I said amen, and I left. No. It's a verse that I use all the time. Speak, Lord. Speak to me. See, I don't come here to hear a TED Talk. I don't come to church to hear a TED Talk. I don't. I come to hear from the Lord. Amen? I do not want to hear a TED Talk. 
personal stories are okay, but I want to hear the words of the Lord, for the words of the Lord can enrich my life and sustain my life. It's like protein and sugar. If I hear words of human words, it's like sugar. It makes me happy for a few moments, and then the energy all goes away. Where if I eat protein, it sustains me for the whole day. I don't come here to hear a TED Talk. I come here to hear from the Lord. And the Lord spoke. When Samuel went back to bed, again he said, Samuel, Samuel. And here the hard part starts. A lot of people read the beginning part and don't read the ending part. And I wanted to make sure that we heard the ending part here. Because God's judgment against Samuel's master Eli is harsh. It's not kindergarten. It's not veggie tale safe to share with a 6 to 11 year old child this message about his master. Your master has failed. He has failed before me. He has failed the people. He has failed. Hear that. We don't read that in church very often. He's failed me. And the Samuel wakes up and he hears this message. And he's afraid. He loves his master. His master has mentored him. His master has cared for him. And his master says in the morning, what did the Lord say? And here's where Samuel's greatness comes through and how his greatness expanded in his life and in the kingdom of God. He had the courage to tell, he had the courage to tell Eli what the Lord said to him. Said, without any miswords, no sugarcoating it, this is what the Lord has said. And then right after that, it says, Samuel did not let any words of the Lord fall to the ground. No words are falling from the ground from the Lord. He's listening to all the words. And here in the end it says he grew. And here where my friend who talked to me about church growth talks about, he's saying, don't let the words of the Lord fall to the ground. Now, we know physically Samuel was a boy, and he, of course he's going to physically grow. But the Bible is not that totally clear on this in the Hebrew about his growth physically or spiritually. I think it's both. If you want to grow, you got to have courage. If you want to grow, you have to have courage. If you want, I, I mean, I want to grow in my life closer to Christ. I do. I hope you do too. But to do that, I have to have courage to account for what I, I've done. It's what we call repentance. It's an old word that we don't use very often in church anymore either. Repentance. This is what I've done before the Lord. I'll repent before you. The last couple of weeks, I've been hopeless. Waking up in the morning, take my shower, get my coffee, read my Bible. But I felt hopeless. And before the Lord, I had to say, God, I'm feeling really hopeless about life right now. God, forgive me for my sins. I'm not sure what you need to repent of, but it takes courage to repent before the Lord 
And then after the repentance, after the hardship, it says that Samuel grew. And we know he became one of the great prophets in all of Israel. I'm not sure if any of you have ever been to an AA meeting. One of the things that AA people, people that struggle with alcohol, drinking too much, one of the first things that they do is ask the, each person to have courage to stand up and share their name and say, hey, this, this is me and I have a drinking problem and I'm asking for help. It takes a lot of courage. I've walked with a few friends to AA meetings in the past and each time I've gone to, with one guy four or five times and the fourth time he was willing to stand up and say, hey, this is me and I got a problem. Samuel was willing to have courage, will we? Samuel had courage, will we? Not just for Tim or Claudia, the pastoral team or the council, but each person here. Because God wants to grow. Grow us individually, spiritually. And if numbers come, they come, but it's, that's the starting place. Let's close in prayer.